This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. We are back with yet another episode of Hafta. Thank you all so much who have been subscribing over the last week. I would like to put out a thank you to two subscribers, Akash and Ramesh Kedlaya. Uh you know, we've been having several hiccups on our technology as far as subscriptions are concerned. Some of your payments don't go through. Sometimes the payment goes through, but the subscription doesn't get activated automatically. And because we are having problems with our technology right now, and we don't have a full time in house tech team, we've had some subscribers who've been helping us out. And thank you so much, Akash and Ramesh. Really appreciate this. And many of you who wrote offering to help, many of you are tech professionals. Appreciate it. We'll reach out, and hopefully, we can make News Laundry truly a collaborative enterprise. where our subscribers help us out not just with finance but also in helping us with technology so thank you again and the second thing i want to say is i realize many of you listen to this podcast not through the website but through itunes and other platforms so and i say please subscribe but i don't say how so if you've discovered us through any of the podcast platforms you go to our website www.newslaundry.com/subscriptions or on our homepage there's a subscription button subscribe because we are an ad free platform and we expect you to pay because when the public pays the public is served and advertisers pay advertisers served please keep news independent by subscribing you can you can also subscribe to caravan whose representative and uh, political editor we have with us hartosh singhbal hello hartosh hi so you just want to do a little pitch for your subscription as well you guys have started yeah, subscription yeah, yeah. we have a ago. subscription drive going on and uh, to keep doing the kind of stories we are doing to keep ourselves independent all we need is subscriptions yes and especially since they get slapped by legal notice every weekend so <laughs> they need by the right people absolutely by the right people <laughs> so on that note uh, check out www.newsroni.com for many of our stories other video shows manisha pandey's fantastic super hit show nuisance hello manisha hi you can check all this out on our website newsroni.com So on the panel, Manisha, Hartosh, Anand, Hayanand. Hello. How are we doing? Fine. Are you teaching many children to get through the IS these days? Mm, they are adults. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, actually. They regress afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, managing editor Raman Kripal. Hi. I'm Abhinandan Sekri. Today we will be discussing, among other things, we will try to pack as much of this as possible. Although I don't think we'll be able to pack all of it in. One obvious thing is Mrs. Vadra Gandhi Vadra's entry into politics. She's been appointed General Secretary of the Congress Party. Priyanka Gandhi finally steps in. There was hysteria yesterday on television. Yeah. Some were orgasming and were so thrilled that laddu phoot rahe the, and some were just ranting for no reason. No one seemed quite rational or reasonable. But is Ronak me? Ham bhi fark khush hoga hai chalo. Ham bhi ka. Ham bhi thode level le kar le. ठीक है. So there was that. then a uh, former minister and me to accuse mj akbar prominently features in pamphlets and posters of pravasi bharatiya devas does that mean the whole me to thing is over behind us chalo no, back to business as usual it was pointed out the next few posters didn't have his uh, acha so I, mean, i don't know why on the first place they had it but i think someone did take note of the criticism okay so that has had some impact then india is home to one of the world's largest pseudo scientific platform publishing fake news this is a piece that has been carried on news laundry i'd like to know It was actually a report that came it out. We did a little shot on it. So yeah, uh, it was an express report. Mm. And uh, then the mega rally. Didi had this mega rally in Bengal, 
where it appears she seems more excited about being prime minister than Stalin wants to make Rahul, and he's also backtracked. So where is the Mahagathbandhan going? Narendra Modi makes one of the most tiring speeches I have seen. He's just getting boring. I remember I used to find his speeches interesting in the beginning. I think the audacity of him saying that they are obsessed with Modi and all they talk about is Modi, says the man who, as PM, has only spoken about Nehru. <laughs> Not even as when an opposition attacks the leader, it's... You can understand why. So I thought that, I was wondering if anyone got the irony of that in the BJP. I'm not sure. Uh, so we'll talk about that and the pushback. Amit Shah finally gets to Bengal. The Supreme Court says it has justified the state government's concerns. So they don't allow the Rath Yatra, but he does address a rally. The cyber expert claims EVM hacking. I'm curious to know what the panel's view on that is, how credible or incredible that is. And the National Security Advisor, Ajit Dovalsan, files a defamation case against The Wire magazine. And no, against caravan. The caravan. Don't sorry. Against. They have their own fair share of cases. Okay, so this this is, one they are not involved uh, in. This is against your <laughs> caravan magazine and Jairam Ramesh. So you can shed some more light on that. On the story and maybe the. Yeah, so I think uh, that should. And if anything else strikes anybody, I mean, there are many other headlines, but I think these are the main prominent ones. So can we start with your story? What is. And sorry, I just want to discuss N. Ram's story. That news laundry carried a piece by uh, by who? Meer Shah. By he's Meer not a journalist. Shah. He's, he's a journalist, more of a, he's a defense uh, analyst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's his perspective. So yeah. So he said that there are five major holes in that story. I'd like yeah. to know what Hartosh also thinks of of the Enram story. But first, let's get to the caravan story that you've been sued for. What's the story and why have you been sued? Uh, not sued. Uh, criminal defamation. Criminal. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. Uh, not not civil defamation. I think uh, maybe since. Uh, the funds may have enough money, they don't need money from us. But criminal defamation is what we've been told that the case is about. I mean, since it's in court, I cannot comment on the sure. many of the things. But I mean, the facts are rather straightforward that uh, Ajit Doval has authored a report on black money where he's called for scrutiny of tax havens. Uh, Cayman's Islands is a particularly notorious uh, tax haven. His son operates a hedge fund out of that tax haven. Uh, his son is a UK citizen, uh, considering that National Security Advisor has been calling for scrutiny of transactions of Kashmiri separatists and all. We have suggested that transactions should be transparent for everybody, including the National Security Advisor's son. Then we have also found that the business of the two sons are inextricably linked. Hmm. Now, the second son is uh, going to be standing for elections for the BJP. He's close to the powers that be. He runs the Vivekanand Foundation. He's hmm. Ram Madhav's buddy. Uh, he's often in advising the country on security matters. Uh, hmm. So, this is the whole chain. So, what are the four major facts in the story? That there's a Cayman Island tax fund. The father has a problem with tax havens. Third is this fund was opened shortly after demonetization. Hmm. Just that's the date. The... Yeah. And the fourth is that the two sons have businesses which cannot be separated. Hmm. And that uh, the second son who is with the Vivekanand Foundation, Shorya Dobal, his investors go back to Saudi, the Saudi royal family. That's all declared. Right? So I think all these are facts on record. That is what we put but out. But what does the, the notice say? That criminal... Any f that there's, there's the headlines, D companies, is as far as I know, yeah. <laughs> that is the major thrust. Then the implications that Jairam Ramesh has drawn from the story. And that, I think, is a question you should address to Jairam Ravesh or the Congress. So they don't like the headline, D companies. D companies. Everyone knows yeah, what so D companies In the means. sense, look, uh, <laughs> it's a story about companies run by two brothers called Doval. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that is D companies. You know, I mean, just a few days ago, Nirmala Sitharaman and Rahul Gandhi were going on about AA huh. in <laughs> parliament. 
Correct. Well, everybody knew it was Anil Ambani, but you confused that it was Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so any business with D, and we refer to so companies is headline. Yeah, I mean, it is an obvious headline at that stage. Right. So I don't know what is defamatory about. It's a clever this. headline. So, so let me now come to the most cynical of the lot, Anand Vardhan. Na khaunga na khane dunga. You think in politics that's possible? Because there seems, and you know, I've listed this in the past, and I was listening to a hafta, and I realize I'm very repetitive sometimes, so I will not go into this thing again. But in the past haftas, we have listed several politicians' kids whose businesses prospered, mm. especially financial services, when their daddies were in power, whether as ministers or as senior bureaucrats or, you know, uh, in any such position. So this whole... And very few of them... I mean, there are a few idiots who take cuts, but most of them have legitimate businesses, but those businesses do really well. Uh, and that is what the khana and khanadunga happens. So do you really think it's possible no matter what slogans Mr. Modi comes up with for any prime minister to claim that na khaunga na khanadunga? And are you convinced of that now with this story? No, I have not read the reports. Hmm. Uh, I just, I have read the read news about the defamation being filed. So I don't believe either of them hmm. because of ignorance, not anything else. Hmm. So that's uh, aside... Now, uh, a cronyism and uh, corruption related to it. Mm. Um, so it's a, a part of, a, uh, say, the body politic of elite accommodation, particularly visible in third world political societies. And uh, I think all parties, all parties have this patronage system. Mm. Uh, I remember when I started teaching, uh, so RJD chief, son-in-law, uh, Shadu Yadav, who, uh, sorry, Subhash Yadav, hmm. was uh, Firosar wrote Bangla and his daughter was preparing for civil services. So he sent uh, one of his emissaries to the coaching hub and uh, I was keen to make some money. So they, depu- they called me to their Bangla to teach hmm. her daughter, his daughter. Now, what I saw there, that the person uh, who took me there was a JDU person. They were staunch opponents. And uh, the persons who came for, he was then a committee, uh, petroleum committee, parliamentary committee member, Subhash Yadav. And a BJP person came to him for a favor for, for getting a petrol pump in Bihar. And mm. he called and got him. And all all this uh, patronage system of give and take, then all Thrives, parties... No matter who's uni- in power. Unite. I, I, was, uh, I saw uh, that at close quarters. That may be irrelevant to the case here. But I think that uh, cronism, making money uh, out of favours is not news. Which for, is why uh, I think... For electorate. Which is why I think the whole focus of trying to hinge your identity or your politics in that I will stop this cronyism is one of the weakest platforms that you can fight on. I mean, even Hindutva is a more solid platform than that because it's it's going to be, you know, easily debunked. But yet, I find so many pro-Modi people will, you know, just be blind to this reality and irrespective of parties uh, and like an acquaintance had once told me, after Rajat Gupta had been jailed for insider trading. He said, if they start jailing Indian fund managers for insider trading, there will not be a single fund manager who will be out because all of them 
are well, getting a certain implication in our political life hmm. and acceptance of cronyism and i'll just take you back to short story we just carried an adr report on declared funding yeah over 20000 the bjp has 93% of the declared funding that has been revealed you combine this with the fact that we accept cronyism and we know that cronyism is something that can only be done by the party in power right yeah then you are looking at an electoral field that is increasingly skewed in favor of the party in power so unless we clean this up and our elect elections are heavily now dependent more and more on money you look at the profile of parliamentarians you have the one set of people that you can't find represented you can even find some tribal some dalit some women but people with an average income hmm. below a crore are not represented in our parliament you know simply because that is what has happened to our politics it is today plutocracy or a democracy of the rich in terms of who's appointed to power and it is getting propagated by our easy acceptance of this cronyism and who wants to weigh in on that that's true and it's something that even voters know of i mean lot of people accept ki ha party ke liye to paisa banayenge and i think with modi also the perception is that he's not earning money for himself news media portrays it as such I but i don't think brand it, keeps on about i don't know if she's portraying herself as the prime ministerial candidate or whatever hmm. there are no, several in present that. situation i mean if you see the post election scenario is going to decide who is going to be the prime minister hmm. so in kolkata in bengal hmm. she has a sizable number of uh, you know uh, seats and in case she is going to win around say 25 to 30 seats so hmm. she will stand a chance to be so, pm with just uh, to be, uh, it depends i mean what kind of uh, you know scenario which is going to come up you mean like a gujral gorda type of anybody situation. anybody can even even uh, mayawati stands a chance yeah but but mayawati will probably get a lot more seats right no but she is contesting just 38 38 or 38 38 okay uh, but they are they not contesting in punjab and madhya pradesh they are but they hardly get any Uh, well that's not going to make that much of a difference but obviously that's the whole point of alliance politics in the situation we are in that potentially all these people have serious chances yes. of being prime minister she has a charismatic personality mm. and why shouldn't she have that ambition i mean mm. we perfectly accept that mad ambition in somebody like a modi and say that is okay mm. so why should every politician who has a sure. strong following not have such an ambition and the idea of a larger mahagathbandhan whether it sticks or not the fact is that this election will hinge largely on state by state elections with modi trying to make it about himself or about a single person in the congress it's unlikely to pan out that way though the congress strangely enough wants to make it go that way i mean the priyanka thing we'll discuss separately but right. the mahagathbandhan may not happen may not be a reality but in terms of post election formations a mahagathbandhan is a reality that we have to deal with whatever its contours now basically okay 
Anandvardhan, you want to come in on that? You yes, the, I, I, and and I, also I, since you're in Punjab, uh, sorry, from uh, Bihar. No, no, no. I, I just got confused. Don't want to be from Punjab. <laughs> well, neither yeah. do we want him in Punjab. Let us be clear, <laughs> Rena. We yeah. have our standards and tastes, yeah, and we are very much against the right and Hindutva, very clearly so. So those of you who are familiar with the Bengali versus Punjabi bashing on awful and awesome, we have a new Punjabi versus Bihari one here. We need to get. We have no problems with Bihari. My problem is specific. <laughs> Let me be very clear. So we uh, no about the JDU and BJP, you know, dividing seats and then four going to LJP. I think they've given four to pass one, right? Four or six. Four seats. Um, I think six. That was because uh, BJP and JDU wanted uh, equal numbers, hmm. and the forty seats were there. So it was a beneficiary of uh, that division that um, uh, it had to. Be, uh, they wanted to give five, but they ended up giving six. Okay. So um, this whole Mahagat Bandhan excitement that's happening, I want to know. And then after, sorry, Raman sir, why don't you come to you first? Then I'll go to Bihar. Mm-hmm. The this whole narrative that has been pitched that Khichdi Sarkar, which um, who Rahul Shiv Shankar or maybe Arnab clones of each other, they were doing. Kichdi, kichdi, kichdi. They don't also kind of tell the audience that even NDA is actually a kathmandan only. It's not a single party. So how does this narrative get, you know, mainstreamed and kind of sort solidified in public perception that NDA is actually this one entity, whereas UPA is this kichdi sarkar? See, at the moment, Modi has taken over. You know, the NDA and the NDA. Nobody thinks of NDA. everybody thinks of modi so modi as the leader modi as the party okay so so they feel that modi is such a strong leader that he will be able to uh, you know lead the nation but 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 the coalition government cannot so that's the that's the perception that they are trying to sell but the coalition politics is there for uh, many many uh, i think for, for the past two decades so so i think this is what we are going to see in future also so i don't think uh, th- this uh, the point that they are trying to sell that this khichdi sarkar you know it it uh, goes down with people kolkata people living in kolkata in in west bengal they uh, their political behavior is different they 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 vote differently people living in up they vote differently so i think this coalition politics is going to stay um, in our country whenever we are sick we look towards khichdi and our body politics <laughs> is going through a major period of sickness basically What about you? Do you look at his reality, Choka? Okay. Uh, before that, a small clarification. I wanted. I said that I don't want to be Punjab because of the previous episode that uh, my uh, Wardhan was taken as my surname. <laughs> so I didn't want further, oh, yes. <laughs> further confusion about my identity. I had nothing. It had nothing to do against anything against Punjab. Okay. So Punjabis don't throw Anand on this. Not at all. And plus, Gurdwaras uh, <laughs> are open to everybody, even if they don't want to go there. <laughs> no, but uh, but that. That was what uh, sure. I didn't mean to say. Huh. Anyway, I think I agree with that. Uh, that uh, the I think regional parties have uh, grasped the fact early that it would be the election would be aggregation of local fights hmm. versus uh, BJP. It, uh, because uh, the opposition camp, I think, uh, uh, Congress-led ap- opposition camp would not be able to weave a pan-India narrative. Uh, so it would be local fight: Madhya Pradesh, Rajasthan, Bihar, Bengal. Local aggregation of local fights and some total of it would be 
a hopefully for them is stronger than the BJP. Uh, it would be not uh, uh, the Congress would want something very different. But I think uh, the post alliance, uh, uh, as we discussed in the last episode, the post alliance they want to keep their cards very close in post alliance negotiations. They would not commit anything very early to Congress. That is the game plan that I am seeing uh, seeing now and. Uh, uh, that is, uh, and it looks uh, at, at, at uh, say in the third week of January, it looks like it would be an aggregation of local fights, uh, fight versus BJP. Sorry, Manisha, would you want to come in on no, that? No, not really. You know, I, I just think it's going to be a very tough one for the Congress, and I don't predict numbers ever. Although India Today Mood of Nation predicted that if Congress and SP and BSP come together and they don't get in uh, each Congress other's way. Congress will be four, around four, five seats. Five seats. Actually, Yashwant Deshmukh had predicted uh, two, three weeks ago, based on India Today's numbers, before the Buaji, Bhaiji, whatever, the Akhilesh, Mayavati alliance, that BJP would get 40. So he says if this is the hull before the alliance, after alliance, they will not even get double digits. So he had predicted like seven, eight. But irrespective of that... I, I want to know and if anybody is a political commentator and can think with political strategy in mind. For Congress, it's a tough call. I mean, it's a no-brainer that if Congress tells them that, okay, our cadre will only root for you and we'll only contest four seats. You guys contest 38 each and we'll contest only four. And we'll, you know, Madhya Pradesh, mein your cadre should help us out. So then they can completely sweep BJP out. But does that mean Congress's own identity is finished and they will always be... Sides because in Delhi there'll be sides, in UP there'll be sides. So if this party is a side everywhere, is it it's a question of removing Modi or remaining relevant? What is a bigger evil or bigger benefit here? Look, first of all, politics is not a short term game. And if the Congress is looking to reemerge as a national party, if they think that's going to happen overnight, it's not going to happen. If they think they are not going to work with allies, that's not going to happen. So you can only rebuild first by consolidating or having places from which you can begin a fight. Mm. If Modi comes back to another, for another term, it's not certainly helping the Congress in any real fashion. It is in this context that I'm somewhat surprised, as you said, there are many ways to look at the Congress's strategy in Uttar Pradesh. One of thing is that the decision not to be part of the alliance from both sides is convenient. One is that the Congress will break into upper caste Brahmin votes, take them away from the BJP and not hurt the alliance much. But in this scenario, where do you fit Priyanka? Hmm. Priyanka is not going to fight in Eastern UP in a limited fashion. Yeah. If she is going to enter it politics, to then she, is, right? she has to be all out. It's not as if she's going to make speeches only in Raibali. She's not general secretary for Amethi or Raibali. Right. So that doesn't seem to fit the previous analysis. In which case is the Congress also seeking to weaken or threaten the Mahagat Vandan from within for post-calculations? They don't want Mayavati and Akhilesh to be in a position to dictate terms if they can disturb them a little in UP. All these things are going. But that seems typical of the Congress that they are looking ahead when they should be looking to the near-term immediate future. So to me, the entry of Priyanka in the larger context of politics, apart from the stupidity of this dynasty and this gaga over Priyanka, doesn't seem to make political sense as far as the Congress is concerned. I agree yeah, with you on everything definitely... other than that politics is a long-term game. I think even... Running a company is a long-term gain. No, but no, the, nobody... revival, the revival of a party is a long-term yeah, gain. Politics is a short-term no, game. I, no, that I agree. I agree with you on that, that it is revival, as is the running a company is a long-term gain, uh, game. 
but everybody only looks at a quarter to quarter and at the cost of everything else and i think that's true for politics also manisha please come no, in anand i'd like your political analysis about the two you know the trade off at the cost of congress party's short term relevance playing second fiddle to much smaller parties what is a you know if in you were the congress strategist what would you advise them manisha you go no first. i absolutely agree with hartosh that if they wanted to be a side party in up why would they get priyanka to take on modi and yogi stuff in east up so yeah i don't think i think they will give it a fight and is that a smart thing to do yeah okay what 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 else could they do if they're not going they with the alliance we'll help you hum badappan dikhayenge our cadre will vote for bhai bhatija and we'll work for they, them but they've already decided then, they're not going to and moreover mayawati has also been very cold and sort of snubbed them in her last press conference hmm. so i mean the only other thing is to fight it out themselves what, what take out would, their best cards which how do is planned by anand we can see it in three ways uh, uh, first is uh, the immediate uh, imperatives and the essential imperatives for a party second uh, is uh, the repercussions of this and third is uh, the discourse around dynastic politics itself and how the gandhi dynasty is not any other dynasty because there is a lot of misconceptions about uh, the rule of dynastic politics in india also some recent studies suggest something else which may not be relevant for gandhi family hmm. but first the immediate and essential one see why priyanka entered the scene now if gandhi family is sitting in their drawing room and seeing people analyzing it they may be laughing because many of us may be getting it wrong <laughs> but why is not the question with the variables and constant of electoral politics what we can uh, say as analyst is Uh, the rational expectations about its repercussions hmm. that we can analyze why is he entered that may be just a family sure. dining table decision hmm. so we don't know so first is uh, in up in up she has been made east up uh, general secretary she may be but uh, i think in western up sp bsp combine is a uh, uh, almost uh, very means unbeatable in s- s- large swaths of it because of uh, there are uh, regions where of uh, minority vote is very consolidated and that is not the case in east up in east up in the arithmetic even the chemistry is very different and there see there see can hurt uh, bjp more Hmm. bjp more and i think by hurting uh, that that plan must be to defeat bjp uh, whether sp bsp wins or not is it is their gain but uh, if you dent uh, bjp in eastern up it would be on its knees okay and just so, briefly uh, uh, it, is it a smart thing to do to get her in at this stage you think i mean uh, probably from a point of the repercussions of it not you know why she's come in but at this stage when obvious sp and bsp gathbandhan can do a lot more damage should the you know most charismatic gandhi right now definitely more charismatic than rahul be i think congress is not very sure about the arithmetic of sp bsp turning into chemistry so on uh, with arithmetic spbsp looks very very Solid. strong on paper but mm. whether it would percolate down to electorate in up it is not very sure 
second thing is that uh, it had uh, means it can be a force multiplier with Rahul on uh, way to revival. Priyanka can multiply that force, uh, yeah. uh, and also with is he has this tag of inherited charisma, which is means in uh, a German sociologist Max Weber talked about tradition, charisma, and uh, legal rational authority being the three foundations of uh, leadership in modern democracy. Yeah, now, I mean, now, now see, strangely combines um, tradition and uh, charisma both uh, in Congress PR or what? On this, sir, before we move on to the next subject. Priyanka Gandhi uh, has been uh, an outsider, but she was, uh, she is not new to electoral politics. I mean, I have seen her, you know, preparing, uh, you know, this elections for her mother in 2004 uh, on the ground. And and she was pretty effective uh, on the ground. Mm. So so having her in East uh, Eastern UP, uh, if you see in 2009, Congress got 21 seats. So out of 21, I think 15 seats were from Eastern UP. Okay, so this is the place where the Congress was able to uh, make a dent. So I think it is, uh, and also they are not. I mean, they want to play a coalition. Uh, you know, they want to be a coalition partner, but as a dominant partner. That since is not going to happen. Uh, so since it is not happening, hmm. so it also comes to, you know, the question of their own survival. So I, I think uh, bringing in Priyanka Gandhi in UP is a very smart thing. On well, the I'll part just of the Congress. say one thing after the analysis. So the most charitable view today of Priyanka, who was supposedly the trump card in Rahul, in case Rahul is a failure, is that you bring her in as a sidekick to the SPBSP alliance. That's the most charitable view that we can imagine at mm. this stage. You think either the Congress or any other politician or political party can actually control discourse to the level that when Priyanka makes a stump and makes speeches, that only the Brahmins will fall for that speech and the right. Dalits no, and the Yadavs are not going to vote for that, that you are not going to dent your own alliance. You have to be living in la-la land in terms of politics to believe that you will not be able to control the impact. If she's succeeding, she will succeed across caste in but some measure or the other. Otherwise, she will fail. We will see how this works no, but out. Tell me if I'm right. I, I don't have any you know data or any study that backs this, but there is a perception that the Dalit vote is a lot more loyal and, and less fluid than the upper caste vote. Is that true? Is, that, well, is look, there any reason see, to believe see, we, that? We are getting into the complexities of Eastern UC. I think Anand alluded to a little bit of it. There is no single Dalit vote in Eastern UP. You, you have to look at that there is a consolidated vote from the Jatabs for Mayawati. But the non-Jatab Dalits are often up for grabs so and as, have gone to so the other party. So they're as fluid as the upper caste. They, 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 no, they are, they are not they as fluid. fluid in Western UP too. too. And these are voters. See, the strongest anger that was visible from Rajasthan and Madhya Pradesh is there is Dalit anger against the BJP. BJP, clearly. So, I mean, there may be banking. And these were voters who had gone to the BJP. So if you look at in that context, is that part of the Congress calculation that we can mop those voters up which were not going to go to the BSPSP in the first place? I mean, yeah, you can go on breaking this microanalysis. Which is not what we usually do on Hafta. Manisha, you were, oh, you were trying to no, cut in? Achha, no. I, you were just generally <laughs> flailing your hands around, trying to fly. Okay. Uh, I have a couple of emails I'll read and then we'll get back to the next list, the next on our list of subjects that we want to discuss. And just everyone, you can stay ready on that. Is the EVM hacking slugfest? I want to know in Sankshift May your views on that. The the rationality of this particular allegation, the, the rationality of the general perception, whether they can be hacked or cannot, and where this is going to go. The first email is from Shruti Ladge. 
feedback and suggestions hello newsline team here is a short version of my feedback to fit word count we'll try to be articulate next time women subscribers yes we do exist writing to let you know so you have another data point to count i definitely don't engage enough like the male counterparts on twitter so perhaps our presence is less felt for those listeners wondering what this is about in the last half hour the one before that we had commented that overwhelming majority of our subscribers seem to be male and you're wondering why that is so shruti is written saying that's not entirely accurate 2019 subscription renewal took over a week for me only worked after four tries yes we know there's a tech hitch we don't have full time tech team right now and that is why akash and ramesh have been helping us out and a lot of other subscribers have helped to chip in but we will be getting all this sorted very soon trust me i'm i'm not just kicking the can down the road we have a specific plan avinand please consider toning down your rants i especially loved the crapping on netflix special lust stories on awful and awesome otherwise what is the difference between my layman in articulation versus you who has more experience and access to a wider audience rants are great but at one point it was all starting to sound just like that okay so what i get is you like my awful and awesome rants but not the ones on hafta noted shruti content has been hit or miss lately lot of missed promises for several deep dive topics yes i know but the one on accessism part 1 has gone out part 2 karthik is going out today it's, it's already up so by the time this podcast goes on that part will be up and on uh, genital female genital mutilation it is in 15 days it is already on the uh, post production uh, editing table it's being done so yeah now we will be following that rhythm we've we've got the rhythm so now we, we will not miss i'm losing a bit of interest in the content but not you losing but you are not losing the subscriber yet i have downgraded myself though from i have a dream to stay hungry stay foolish there's nothing better out there so thank you for the work you keep doing i'm not being sarcastic i mean it you folks are doing a great job I cannot get past a few minutes on any other news-related Indian podcast. Thank you, Shruti, for your kind words and your criticism. I'll try to, you know, get the tech shit sorted out, and our content will get better. Raman, so you have some exciting stories planned, I hear. Yes, we do, and uh, I hope you're watching Manisha's show. Although she's awfully lazy, and other than that show, she does little else in office. So I don't know why we still have her. What? But other than her one video show, what are you saying? When's the last time you wrote a report, Manisha? I'm editing a lot of the stuff. Okay, <laughs> fine. and i'm also writing stuff a lot of the stuff that goes under nl team is you I'm hurt that you are not aware of this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay this letter is from vijay krishnan if you want a balanced view of cultural life may i recommend kit patrick he runs a long form history of indian podcast what i like about it is that he gets and gives a sense of culture and information about what's out there culturally please don't have him on hafta and interview him instead or maybe even a let's talk about same with amit verma If you've heard his podcast, you'd know he's a depth guy. At halfta, you'll have to give him just three hours instead of have him on. Can you take it? His views are libertarian, therefore different from yours. Regarding Sushruta Samhita, I've heard this sort of thing about Pushpak Viman, the head transplant, the cloning, etc. Talked about by public intellectuals even at school functions. I must say, I never thought they were to be taken literally. Not even that they're smart metaphors. Believe me, this sort of thing is staple content even at medical colleges, whether. example introduction to anatomy would have a pro forma hatip to the wonder that is india he's using words i don't understand anyway i hope our subscribers do india is an al basham's book um, what is okay, hatip mean australia okay hatip oh acha acha it is two words so space chali gaya hatip maine socha koi complicated word hatip a hatip to okay fine i'm little thick does the panel actually think the scientists at the science congress were being serious or that anyone in the audience took them seriously my feeling is that these are media creations please set me straight on this you've probably spoken to more politicians than i have vijay thank you vijay for your subscription for your support and for your feedback and suggestions 
So before we move on to the EVM hacking, let me just start with uh, you uh, because you are a mathematics postgraduate also and much interested in science. Uh, my view is that these are not metaphors. I have met people who genuinely believe that if you make a hut of gobar and an atom bomb goes off, radiation cannot penetrate Gaikitati. So, and it's not a metaphor. They genuinely believe that. I don't believe some of those utterances are mere metaphors. I think they are quite literal. And I don't think media spun them as such. I'd the, like to know what the, the real is. danger is. We can keep talking about an individual scientist. You have to understand these scientists are echoing the view of the prime minister of the country. They haven't said anything. The prime minister has not said himself, mm. officially speaking about science. And they think this is one way to cater for power, favor with this dispensation. And does it have real repercussions? You have nonsensical research going on on the IITs. You have money being funded, wasted. You have been, you have things like Ayush homeopathy being taken seriously. That was true before also. But this climate of irrationality, this climate of false pride in some mythical past which never existed is getting into in the way of serious science in terms of doing things. Not just metaphors. Not just metaphors, because this is a mindset that is a problem. Okay. Um, you know, like even my teacher in IIMC, like this is one of the first things he said that, you know, Narad was the first journalist. Now, I get it. It's a funny, I don't know, you want to be funny in the class or mm -hmm. whatever. But if there's an editor's conclave and one of your most, I don't know, some newspaper editor or someone comes and says, you know, Narad, we taught the world journalist like what Narad Muni did. <laughs> it is, you're going to laugh at that. Uh -huh. And if this government has a Narad or, award. Or, or it Sanjay has was actually, the journalist. Yeah. For journalists. Or Sanjay so was the is, first Skype. <laughs> Sanjay. So that is ridiculous. I get that in classrooms sometimes to lighten the mood, you can make these comparisons and you know make it more relatable or whatever. But seriously, in a conclave with professionals, it's not saying such things platform. is stupid. See, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. That may or may not be metaphor. Means it depends on the person who is using it. But uh, what I think the greatest casualty of this has been that the real achievements of ancient Indian science has been thrown away by this loony talk about yes, uh, uh, loony talk drawn from mythology. So uh, if uh, you so what should be the research area should be the ancient Indian science. Right. In and, fact, this is the point uh, so Manisha also made last time that, in, you know, when there was which, a For which uh, research can be in historical evidence of it and this. But uh, mythological talk is a different uh, thing. I Means It's a matter of belief or not, not believing. It is not uh, something that uh, can attract empirical inquiry. So this is one of those rare weeks where Tavleen Singh, Manisha, Pandey, Anand Vardhan uh, and me agree on something because even Tavleen's column the... in Sunday's Indian Express was exactly what you had said. Maybe she heard the hafta and she heard Maybe. you, Manisha. I mean, sure. I guess, oh, sorry, uh, Hartosh, what she said was that while you can keep criticizing this left liberals that they keep laughing at, you know, ancient Indian wisdom. Manisha, the point she made was that it's not the left liberals fault. If the ancient Indian wisdom, as Anand just articulated, was actually discussed in its true form and not the kind of loony statements that go out, then one could actually reclaim it and be proud about it, And which is what Tavleen wrote, that she says, instead of these kind of ridiculous claims being the mainstream, this... Uh, and we must do it with one awareness. I think Anand's point is right and well taken. Take mathematics, for example. We have this invented nonsense called Vedic mathematics, which was just invented in the 1930s or 40s. Yeah. On the other hand, there 
is a history of the Shulba Sutras in the Vedas, the geometry of the Vedas, going up to the medieval period where there's a Kerala school of mathematics which has come close to anticipating some of the major developments of calculus. We are far less aware of that and we are wasting our time on this Vedic nonsense. Yeah. But we must do it with the awareness that even when we talk of ancient or Indian medieval science, that it does not make Indian civilization, if we study it very unique from any other great civilization, we had some achievements, they had some achievements. It does not show in some way our great superiority of our past, even when we study it seriously. That okay. is also the point so the we must... the purpose should be... To a, understand it. A scientific in inquiry and not just thumping vanity. Van, and then they have worked, see, even before independence, P.C. Ray, the great chemist and industrialist also, he wrote Hindu science. And there was another one I am forgetting. Now, they said that it was uh, intuitive empiricism, not scientific methods used to... Though their intuition or the kind of empiricism they use was validated by modern science centuries later, but to say that they used uh, the, these scientific methods to arrive at those conclusions would be wrong. Even people rooting for that kind of science said that in their books. So um, I uh, would just... First of all, congratulate those of you who've been writing. Our science columns are suddenly back in the last two weeks, sir. I saw three new pieces. Uh, they have yeah. been writing. This Matan Jha, he writes quite So, regularly. all the many scientists who are listening to this, including you, Srini, if you're out there, uh, write a piece on this, the discussion of the pseudoscience versus the genuine scientific background that Indian culture has and why that should be taken up. I think... I personally have met several News Laundry subscribers when you know I had gone to Boston last because so many of you were at MIT and all. I felt so inadequate hanging out with you guys. But so many of you are scientists. Write something for us. Um, and yeah, that that way maybe we'll also maaf karo two-month subscription. How about that? We'll, we'll pay them back through subscriptions. So yeah, now coming to some other scientific or unscientific claims regarding the EVM. Context, a gentleman by the name of, who remembers his Said name? Suja. Said Shuja. Yeah. If that okay. is his name. If who knows about that <laughs> yeah. also. Even he said that he is known by many names. <laughs> <laughs> he said that. I'm most intrigued by this journalist association though. Like who are the members? How, why are they? Who are these guys? So who there was something called the Journalist Association of England or Britain Indian or London. Journalist or Indian, Journalist Indian Journalist Association. Of <laughs> where? Of, of where? Of Europe. Of, of Europe. Of all of Europe. Achha. Yeah. So they hosted <laughs> this guy called Shajit Shuja who claimed that he can hack into an EVM. I don't know what no, no, he demonstrated. No, he says that 2014 general elections were rigged because there was some transmission being emitted from those machines and the Modi government tapped into it through some military grade, I don't know, something. Or the other way around. They used transmissions to tamper the machines. <laughs> oh, that's okay. a, he made some claim which, yeah. Yeah, huh. but it doesn't matter. It's it's so, and, and he also made a claim huh, that okay. his entire team, he made a claim which the election commission now has denied that he was part of the team hmm. That had been entrusted it was a private company that had been told to make the machine, and he was part of the engineering team that made the machine. His entire team was killed, some 12 or 14 people. And he says that uh, Gopinath Munde and journalist Gauri Lankesh was also killed because they knew about. Okay, so this. while I, I mean, I have become very wary of laughing at things, although this really wants me wants to laugh at it because it involves death, but also it's it's ridiculously, you know, out there. But at the same time, you know, who would have thought, you know, Watergate could have happened unless they were caught. I just want to know, let me start with you, Ramansan, then we'll go this way. In that context, A, I want to know the ethics of, and I'm on the fence on this. This guy was making some pretty ridiculous claims. 
it was a live telecast or whatever you know at sibil sibil was also sitting there i don't know sibil always puts his foot in his mouth or his poetry wherever but just relaying this without any checking we apparently are checking a couple of his claims and hopefully that report should be out by this weekend or next yeah. week it'll be next out week. next week it's a pity that we have to do it and it costs so much to do that report and some big channel hasn't done that report already but anyway we are we've sent a reporter to check many of this guy's claims on the ground which means that guy's traveling which requires money and those of you who keep bitching us out and that whole trip for one report we may be spending about 40 50000 rupees just to check this guy's claims but anyway so do subscribe go to newslawney.com press subscribe and and send us some money so we can send more reporters out there like manisha and they don't sit here and pay low gyan but actually do some reporting but is it okay for them to just is it okay for them to just put this out there that this is what this guy is saying when there is no way to check now i understand you can't have that same like if a pm is making a speech and if he's making false claims then they will not relate okay fine i understand but this claim is ridiculous that 14 people were killed gopinath munde was killed evm was hacked the whole election is a mess should they do that and secondly can are you convinced of evm safety not in shuja's context but generally no evm even the bjp had uh, you know when they were not in power hmm. so they had also raised Yeah. their doubts about it in 2009 2010 gvl narsimha rao has ah, written a piece so, on uh, has so, written a book on it and uh, ravi shankar prasad's old interview is so going viral doubts have been raised from time to time so ec is also coming up with uh, you know some solutions everybody i mean people do doubt about it but then the fact remains that nobody has been able to prove that the evms i mean we conc- conclusively nobody has ab- has been able to prove it right now having said that this man has made some some claims and he is very categorically telling mm. he has given 11 names who have been killed mm. okay he has given us the place also and and the person uh, who was involved in killing mm. he also claims that his house was burnt mm. okay so so he has made some five six uh, you know fundamental things which can be checked easily checked on the ground so uh, even i find it quite weird but i thought why not we check, check it on it the out. ground and but should and channels just, just put this claim out there without any filter that him saying whatever the, you know the video that they were running you think that's problematic does it kind of worry you no see uh, the ec had immediately countered it mm. uh, so i think if you give uh, both the versions i don't think there should be any problem I don't I wasn't following news channels on that day but I think a lot of the journalists on the election commission beat or a lot of the other journalists pointed out very quickly that these claims are really absurd mm. and I think newspaper reporting was also very balanced and it pointed out it that was. this is ridiculous so and everyone was going to cover it even we were quite curious ki what is it going to be because it was touted as this mm. really big khulasa and expose for you know european journalists kar rahe hain to kuch to hoga another another thing shuja he was supposed to show us how yeah he did not he was supposed to demonstrate that he didn't demonstrate so that is something which all you know we were interested in so one cover it but i think people are very quick to point out the fact that there was responsibility okay hartosh come in while everyone's debunking that you know you cannot intercept these relays I do believe there is evidence that it's possible because I remember uh, if you remember no, they can be intercepted. No, also, if you remember Ramayan, these two things just come and toy, yon, 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 one used to vanish. So we have seen it done on television. No, television doesn't lie. Glad you like evoked Ramastra. that metaphor because I was going to make that exactly the point. We just spoke about the nonsense spoken at the Science Congress. We are an anti-rational society, and this goes for the liberals as well. Anti-rational, anti-rational, irrational society, and the liberals. 
if it goes against modi are will perfectly willing to believe in pushpak vimans as well you see as long as it anti modi irrationality is okay now one there should have been screening by whichever this stupid forum is that allowed him to make that statement the second is obviously you don't telecast and balance things out you have to use up some presence of mind before you are talking about a serious issue about fixing an entire election in the country and the man is making nonsensical claims about science which just don't stand to scrutiny i mean some elementary understanding of electromagnetic waves would have you laughing at the man the rest of his claims whether they stand to scrutiny or not doesn't take away the fact that scientifically he's talking nonsense so obviously this whole thing was sheer irrelevance if we come back to evms are they potentially hackable yes i believe there's enough evidence to so has that ever been done in indian elections can anybody have the sustained large scale capacity to do so is it easy to do so i don't believe so i don't think it has happened can it be done in an organized large scale fashion with our evms i don't think it is possible good that vv pats exists and we have to see it against and this people forget i think we may be among the last surviving generation of journalists who've seen ballot boxes in operation sure. and while evms may have some potential theoretical problem ballot boxes had very very real problems yeah. and they were hacked all the time hmm. so we want to go back to something we know definitely will be hacked by muscle power and just sheer force of numbers against some potential problem we can't even demonstrate for real makes no sense to me this argument yeah i, I remember the paper ballot um even i'm of that generation hartosh you only looked at raman sir i'm very hurt <laughs> i remember we had news track did this joint production with the bbc called india decides and there was one with doordarshan and there was security was so lax if you had a camera basically you could go anywhere so i remember piece to camera was i put my ballot paper into the ballot box you know cuz the piece to camera we shuru hue the kaun zyada cool ki piece to camera kar sakta hai I put it in. I said, "This is Abhinand Sekri voting. No, reporting. I have it on and voting for news track." I was so thrilled with myself, Salad. देखो यार एक साइड चकास किया. You could take the camera straight into the ballot box, into the office. You could shoot. You could shoot yourself voting. You could shoot your inkletting. There was no privacy. But you must have got a pass, na? The media pass. Media pass. There are three cameras. There. Doordarshan cameras. News track cameras. And one side, this NDTV camera. And the fourth camera is in Delhi. There were three camera units. Anyway, huh? What do you think of his claims, Anand? No, I think these are dangerous claims because this kind of conspiracy theories uh, uh, stick in popular psyche, and people talk about them. And uh, politicians have been very irresponsible in uh, uh, mouthing them. As to to stage, not it is not about national pride, but to stage such kind of ridiculous uh, press conference in London uh, is a kind of saying that India is a banana republic and it has no electoral democracy. It, it is just its uh, elections are as uh, manipulable as any other third world country, say in Africa or something. So So uh, I think uh, it does a great deal of disservice to the history of Indian elections. Mm. Uh, second thing is, as Hartos pointed out, it, it is also uh, uh, discrediting thousands of election officials, which uh, includes a lot of dedicated IAS officers, a lot of uh, uh, tehsildars, uh, presiding officers, who. 
oversee these elections and to manage so many personnel and hope that for the lifetime they will not open their mouths mm. is ridiculous I means uh, and you, to kill them yeah. in riots <laughs> yes. engineer just to kill yeah. 14 people you engineer yes. right so, uh, so uh, at least 5% of those district magistrate would be honest hmm. <laughs> at least 5% if 95% you bought somehow 5% hmm. would be honest and 5% uh, of bureaucracy is enough to give you headache okay so <laughs> yes uh, that that is one thing the third is that when uh, ballot boxes ballot boxes if elections were held with ballot boxes in say bihar you knew that next day 40 people would be killed <laughs> you knew and you see the election reports of 90s 40 people killed in poll related violence this so ballot boxes lalu prasad used to say uh, box mein se jinn niklega jinn mm. niklega means uh, the indication that we have One. done it so these are hmm. this is, and it takes 40 hours the logistics <laughs> what does the ballot box if ah, you have counting count yeah, takes 40 hours logistics of uh, this uh, in wildest dream you can say that one booth was managed but to Managed rig the whole, whole elections in india it? and hack the evms with <laughs> all the bureaucracy involved is ridiculous thing to say Okay, uh, I have one quick email. Then I just want to briefly discuss. I don't have that much to say, but I don't want to be accused of trying to, you know, brush over the Congress's circus in Andhra. You know, with the M- MLAs being shunted from one and one bashed up the other, and then his his black eye was shown on TV. In Karnataka. Sorry, Karnataka. Sorry. Everyone was looking at me very blankly. Uh, I was like, these guys don't know what's happening. <laughs> But of course, next week I'm going to get cursed again. Ha, Karnataka, Andhra, Kerala. Because once before, instead of Kerala, I think I said Tamil Nadu. And I'm going to be accused of everything south of India is the same. Sab Madras. No, that wasn't it. It was a genuine slip of the tongue. But I have this email from Akshat. Akshat, you have combined feedback on Awful and Awesome and Hafta together. So I will only read the one on Hafta. The Awful and Awesome feedback I will read on Awful and Awesome. So Akshat says, hi guys, this is me again with my tub of congratulations and cuss words. So Abhinandan, thank you for being so gracious and reading out my points last hafta. It is a good one. I want to pick your brain on what exactly is a liberal. I'm almost done with Sagrika Ghose's Why I'm a Liberal. Oh dear, I'm surprised you started it. <laughs> and I for the life cannot still understand why she is a liberal as she is equally confused and I must say a bit shifty about the entire concept. She has taken the good parts out of both ends of the spectrum, welfare state, minimum government, individualism, Gandhian philosophy and the works. The liberal is everywhere splattered on her pages like a demented goody-two-shoes wallflower. <laughs> I get it, there is a particular brand of politics that is an anathema to liberals, but nowhere in her 400-page tome was I made clear as to what the hell is a liberal. <laughs> Second point is regarding NL Charcha. Don't you think it's a bit too Sanskritized in the sense that sometimes I feel the language goes beyond common usage. You keep listening to... and then suddenly run around wondering what the fuck is avatan 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 what is avatan what's avatan double a v a t a avatan avatan avantan elocation elocation okay so i mean i agree with you sometimes even the hindi there is not the see i'm i'm used to hindi uchi hai building lift teri band hai kaise main aaun dil razamand hai so in that entire thing the most complicated word is razamand so that that's as far as i go But I agree, Charcha sometimes goes over my head also. <laughs> But so Anand, can we just do some Tukcha talk also? 
teri taaf some bol chal hindi or maybe she just said artosh <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> your punjabiness can completely kill the sanskritized version of the hindi i know avantan by the way <laughs> okay so so he's a fake punjabi um okay as the- opposed to avinandan who speaks fluent hate punjabi that every punjabi can comprehend punjabi ch gal kar li ye thodi der hai later na 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 kar rahe then you'll say the punjabi news dying and he's he's saying what the hell uh lastly no, no, we, we don't die we kill <laughs> 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 lastly oh my god i wanted to discuss that video of this uh, guy uh, anyway i should discuss awful and awesome you know some guy put on facebook him slapping this i don't know the guy's name but he's like some facebook youtube sensation he cracks really crass jokes he's very effeminate he was engaged to be married to um deepak kalan is his name to he was bashed no up in gurgaon gurgaon yeah. he was bashed up and on video and that guy was uploading it and the guy who bashed him up is the bodyguard of some punjabi rap singer you know god you why, why was he bashing him because he was upset with his uh, posts about he has very uh, ganda humor ki my susu has protein piyoge kya you know it's Ew. like that kind of humor but f- so he he's just making a spectacle of himself anyway uh, so maybe we should discuss that later right now <laughs> I let's, have no idea. let's 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 this has <laughs> happened <laughs> everyone's looking at me blankly <laughs> so anyway last night lastly do you have any good recommendations about what to read about gender i'm still confused with respect to the third gender is it a spectrum is it choice or obligation or helplessness i mean i get it that sex and gender are two different things and people tend to conflate the two but since there is such a lot of information that's floating around maybe you guys can help solve this puzzle thanks akshat akshat thank you first i will just quickly your what is a liberal i'll let, let the panel give their views in my view sagrika definitely would not be the representation of liberal the way i see liberal i i for one sagrika uh, although i'm not saying this is a the true litmus test of liberal but the first in the first year of news laundry's you know formation she blocked me and news laundry because you made a joke on her So that's so so much She also doesn't talk to her reporters and says I don't talk to news laundry. I don't talk to news laundry. What was the joke? Something very harmless you know because she used to have that hysterical show on CNN and IBN from 10 to 11 it was just okay I'm not being sexist guys if you're going to attack me she was even Rajdeep is very high pitched but she was even high it was just basically a shouting match. Uh, this is except it wasn't an aggressive shouting match it was just an annoying shouting match. So it was like a the this this one Arnab but Oh no, uh, uh, the pitch was different, and it wasn't as angry. So it was a really shit show, basically. And we must have said something about it. So that that was why we were blocked or whatever it is. I haven't read her book. I won't bother. Uh, but I think liberal is generally. I would use the word liberal and progressive as as interchangeable. The political and the economic position of liberals, I think, vary from society to society. Uh, and uh, what an economic liberal here would be very different from an economic liberal in America. For example, some of the liberals there, in my view, are way right of a liberal here. But generally, in a sociological context, I would say a liberal is someone who challenges established conventions and norms because the flow of of justice is towards a subparty equality. So that is what I kind of, in shorthand, would say liberal is. But uh, yeah, I haven't read her book. And um, uh, Manisha, why don't you start? What For me, a liberal start? person is someone just open to views, open to criticism, open to change. 
and i don't so find so a person who's open to a dictatorial views. view uh, uh, from democracy to dictatorial regime is liberal no 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 i mean i'm not getting into the whole no, no, no so i think not. it's it's basically from an unequal position everything becomes equal so for those of you who are saying am i saying communism yes the final position of all economic liberalism will be as flat income inequality as possible i think that is the f- the final you know infinity point of liberalism whether it comes through communism or capitalism dire disparities whether in social hierarchies whether in economic hierarchies or whether in justice access to justice is i think the final position of liberal anyway yeah, yeah. upholding justice in all those positions hmm. basically sapartanas uh, anand what is your i think <laughs> Uh, I may get a uh, bit theoretical on it, but uh, the evolution of lib- let us uh, functioning definition is that liberal puts uh, individual at the center, individual at the center, not society or state at the center. The individual has to be the center of discourse. That that is a functioning definition with which classical liberalism of Adam Smith, uh, Albert Spencer, John Stuart Mill. to an extent when but i think uh, towards 20th century if you we go into john rawls or thing both uh, these labels liberal or uh, say socialist or uh, conservative uh, i think are uh, to an extent western constructs and uh, when you transport it to different societies there is a lot of confusion hmm. economic philosophy of liberalism is quite contrary to what you are saying if you take uh, Uh, in a mm. capitalist society it would be quite contrary yeah. it would be it is just coerced in a capitalist society you do not challenge materialism so uh, extreme form of it is libertarianism so anyway i think you, you one should not bother about these la- labels here yeah. hmm sir well look i theoretically speaking but uh, there's an idea and a commitment there which is appreciable and there are certain problems with it one is of course the idea of, say somebody like popper open society a society that believes in free media in certain institutions that function openly and yeah I, as anand said I disagree liberalism does not want a flattening of economics it wants a free play i mean the traditionally liberal economic liberalism in fact expressed through new liberalism would be more adam smith and capitalist than it is sure. marxist so say when i say i like some of the ideas of liberalism it is the idea of that open society of a free media of civil liberties would i have disagreements at some point in societies like india which is why these labels are misleading as anand said uh, not to recognize and liberalism will have that flaw not to recognize inequalities that operate through the through communities liberalism traditionally will not have space for understanding reservations for example because that is not at the level of the individual that is happening of course and liberalism probably will have more sympathy for the idiotic idea of economic reservations that this government is trying to force mm. than it has for caste reservations and i think those will be the flaws of liberalism when you bring it to indian society but as that limited idea of an open society committed to free media civil liberties institutions functioning in judiciary that is functional those ideas are the ideas what they are functional democracy sir i'm basically liberal means you are open to all ideas and labels basically don't work with me you are i think all of us are liberal in some sense and uh, we are dogmatically liberal also hmm. so 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 i think uh, basically you are open to all the ideas that's my definition of liberalism maybe we should do a 
deep dive into liberalism as a as a construct as a theory i think it's very interesting because when when you say like in a capitalist society like today the us liberal position is you know more uh, open borders more obamacare for example access to all uh, healthcare more state not handouts but more state welfareism for the poor now that is the political liberal position although like hartosh said in the classical liberal position that is not necessarily what would be considered liberal position so yeah i think it's a it's it's a fluid kind of situation right and and in india for example i always to wonder that yahan what is called liberalization in america the opposite of that is is the liberal position so yeah it, it changes in societies now for those of you wondering you know when i got uh, replaced karnataka with andhra there was something called operation blue lotus that ha- no sorry operation lotus what is operation blue lotus that's a tintin comet yeah the blue lotus stress sorry um uh, so operation lotus as it was being called by media that the bjp was trying to break the wafer thin majority that the congress has over there and the congress had some clp party meet or whatever and four guys didn't land up show cause notice was given then apparently they were taken to a, a resort that resort at the bar they got trashed and one guy beat up the other one and he had a black eye and for his photograph was there not helping him with elections so finally the congress and kumar swami is government is still intact but we don't know what what the hell is happening i don't have a view on this if everybody anybody does please tell it because it hogged headlines for two nights so yes please the floor is open to anyone who wants to shed some light or commentary on this no view on it everyone's struggling I mean, just... i mean not the most likable part of a politics but for the congress today suddenly to be crying foul about the very things that it has actually helped establish in our politics the buying and selling of legislators that is stupid now let them guard against what they've set in motion i think it's unpalatable it is unlikable but that the congress is especially a victim of something that is new in indian politics that's nonsense okay if anyone has anything else you want to share with our listeners please feel free i'm glad hartosh is here hartosh last week we had a discussion and i know you've uh, done a lot of work and read a lot about the 84 uh, riots and uh, massacres uh, uh, the massacre all right the 84 massacre i just wanted to know last week you know we had a slight manish and i had disagreement i've read manoj's book mitta's book and uh, basically a, a question was asked by a subscriber that do you think it's appropriate for kamalnath to be made chief minister of madhya pradesh and of course there's no charge sheet against him there's no pending case against him or even an inquiry and in the book uh, of course i have no sympathy for the guy but i just want to make sure i was journalistically accurate the claim of the eyewitness was that he was or the word used in the book was that he was trying to he was controlling the mob now that controlling could be because some people who defend him say that some people say that some citizens went to him and said there is a mob trying to burn this down and he went to try to control them saying mat karo and he wasn't really leading the mob and he was there for two or three hours and he since he couldn't do anything and the mob was way bigger than he was he left i just want to know your view a historically what do we have on fact has any eyewitness said that he was leading the mob is there enough on him as say a titler or a sajjan kumar or any such more first first let me simply say in no other case of communal violence that a senior political figure has ever been so categorically identified at the head of a mob which has killed people there is no other example not in gujarat not in 84 what did sanjay suri say the express and he's not the only witness there's muktiar singh who's the second witness who was at gurdwara and nanavati commission as you said 
he was there for two hours. What Sanjay Suri has clearly said that he was in the control, he controlled the mob, he was directing it. The mob would go back and forth at his command. Kamal Nath in his statement to Shekhar Gupta in print, absolute, Shekhar is just letting Kamal Nath have his say without asking him a single difficult question. Old friends doing favours to each other. Mm. Uh, at that point, what is Kamal Nath claiming? That Rajiv Gandhi sent me there. Rajiv Gandhi is the Prime Minister of the country. He has the entire police force at his disposal. His cousin or uncle Gautam Kaul is the person in charge at that spot. He is not telling Gautam Kaul, you have a force here, stop it. He's sending Kamal Nath from Murti right across to Rakab Ganj to go and stop the mob. That means it was their mob. And that is what Sanjay Suri said. It is a Congress mob that had come from Murti. Kamal Nath was in charge. He was there for two hours. There were two people, because eyewitnesses not identified Kamal Nath at the time they were burnt there, because not enough investigation has been done. Fact is that two Sikhs were lying there, bodies burning through this period when Kamal Nath was in charge of that mob. No attempt was made by the police to intervene or get them medical attention. And then he went away from there. He had complete control of that mob. That is what Sanjay Suri said. Why was there no case registered? Well, Gautam Kaul was the man at the spot. He should have been mentioned in the FIR. Kamal Nath should have been mentioned for 10 years. Why was no action taken? Because it was a Congress government implementing the process of justice. Uh -huh. So how can the Congress today argue that there are no cases, there's nothing? You made sure you destroy evidence. You make sure no cases are registered. Then you use it as a defense against your person who was leading a mob that murdered two people. This is the clearest categorical case and in this, they make this man chief minister and they go railing about Modi. Hmm. Okay, so yeah, I think that's a lot more clarity on this issue because I remember the word controlling. I wasn't sure in what context it was used, whether he was trying to control them or control them, you know what I mean? So one thing is that 1984 was, many historians call it, and I'm horribly, a lot of tragedy happened in that year, including Bhopal gas tragedy. So in 1985, after Rajiv Gandhi came to power... With a mammoth majority. Uh, in the Indian parliament, in the first sitting of Indian parliament, the resolution was passed expressing grief over Bhopal gas tragedy, but not 84 riots. So um, I think um, Congress, uh, uh, from records, say it had that in from historical memory, it has to made irrelevant things. So Rangnath Mishra, who was appointed uh, to investigate into case, went on to uh, become CJI, I think. Moreover, uh, the entire election that they won was conducted on the fear of a minority. Mm -hmm. The 2014 election is just a paraphrase of the 84 election, that if you cannot trust your taxi driver, who will you trust? The country's borders have come home. It was mm. an anti-Sikh election consolidating a Hindu majority. Why do you think the Hindu right comes to power right after Rajiv's victory? Because that consolidation of a majority has already been done by the Congress. The BJP just reaps the fruits. The first great Hindu majoritarian victory that Modi is riding was first done by the Congress. So I, I want to ask one more question again. We are I, I think Madhu and you were of the view that it's not true. But I was wondering during that time, the animosity that Hindus have for Muslims today or what's being pumped sure. up, was it the same against Sikhs? Was there a popular sort of... 
we can animosity go into historical analysis of kind of animosity the fact is in punjab there was never any mob violence against hindus by six or whatever they were killings by bhindrawale's men and by the terrorists later let's have no qualms about them but most of the killings hindus were targeted in buses and killed mm, yeah. six were also killed in large numbers more six were killed than hindus was there animosity in the same way no but during 84 at that time was there mob violence that was controlled and was hindu sentiment fanned yes it was yes it was fanned so, and this i can give you first hand i was i think i was in class 3 or 4 and uh, dehradun has th- two at that time it had two very well known confectioners one was elora's mm. and one was uh, standard yeah standard in ashley hall standard was owned by sardar ji and i remember uh, so when you know on sunday kids would get back tuck you either got cream rolls and pastries from elora's and it used to be 50 50 whatever and i remember during that time many kids said that our parents said ab standard se nahi kharidna sirf elora se kharidna hai so there was actually an economic thinky standard se nahi kharidna ab sirf elora se quality toffees kharidni so i i and no, we I, didn't know why because you know we were kids but it was there for sure no i think uh, in 84 i was in east delhi so i have seen most of it okay and i was a student i was post graduate student i don't think it is true that hindus were pitted against sikhs I I I firmly believe that. I'm talking of the election campaign they used that killings no, to consolidate no. a Hindu majority uh, through no, the fear no, of Hindus. No, I think I think they had again they were not able to consolidate Hindus. You had a largest victory of four. No, not anti anti Sikh. What I feel it was a sympathy vote at that particular time and it was basically orchestrated by Congress leaders by their own cronies I mean their own workers. Hmm. So they were not I won't say that they were. It wasn't effectively fanned. It was fanned. Hindu, ha. Huh? It was not the single most region for electoral no, victory. Well, I think Rajiv Gandhi would have been back. This is giving an easy pass to majoritarian violence. The violence mm. happened. The elections were fought on. A, this was the first advertising brand-driven campaign. Arun Nehru. hired redef to conduct this campaign the election slogans were all about the fear of a minority and the threat to your safety those campaign posters are still available you got the rss supporting rajiv gandhi not the bjp the bjp was brought down because this entire it was not just a sympathy vote it was a communal vote and however much and you must remember that we are always fleeing from this reality is that yes that it may not have lasted as manisha has said that communal sentiment but that through the early 80s mid 80s in delhi there were communal sentiments that was anti sikh sentiment was very very true we cannot hide from that or shy away from that today or it was not packaged in only the religious way you had uh, insurgency in assam you had insurgency in uh, punjab the, i am well aware of these things what, but what, let us not hide or deny this finish. is convenient but let let anand finish hmm? what i am saying is that the mask for what communalism uh, communal polarization you are saying the mask for it was national integration the election campaign that we have insurgencies in ashram we have in uh, that is not uh, the uh, campaign uh, uh, that your taxi driver is not from assam he is yeah, a sikh was, that is very a very clear you, you, okay, how, let us not misread the truth or let us not try and label or duck away from a reality that happened in this country mm. and it is very strange 
that it is again up to the majority to define whether they were communal or not. Ask the people who were at the receiving end. You cannot sit and decide for a minority what it felt at that point of time, that's or the people who point. were targeted. That's a fair and point. Say I... that's, no, we are happy. We are nice. We didn't do anything. That's the same claim that is being made by the Modi government in some senses about Hindu. Okay, finish your point is, and then I'll wind up. Not something saying against the victims. What what I am saying is electoral history. It was a subtext, not the dominant narrative. Well, that is up for grabs. Thank what I'm saying, okay. I'm giving you evidence and you are giving suppositions. Fine. That's very clear in front of us. Okay, so we shall wind up now with recommendations. Everyone come up with the recommendations. But before that, can I just request those of you who are listening to the Chota version of Hafta, which is free, to subscribe to News Laundry. Go to www.newslaundry.com. Press subscribe. If for some reason our tech acts up again and the subscription doesn't go through, you can send us money through PayPal and Paytm. For international payments, you can send them out via PayPal to prashant at newslaundry.com. That is P-R-A-S-H-A-N-T at newslaundry.com. This is for international payments who want to send us money via PayPal. If you live in India, you can pay TM it to 9899483893. I will repeat 9899483893. Once you make the payment, send us the screenshot to subscription at newslaundry.com. I repeat once you've made the payment, just send the screenshot of your payment to subscription at newslaundry.com and we'll take care of the rest. But please remember to specify the email and login of your current subscription. You know, because some of you uh, send us a login with a new email ID for the extended subscription and then we can't quite match the two. So whatever your active subscription is, please specify that email or login and then we will do the rest from the back end. So if you want to pay through PayPal and Paytm, please do because we expect money from our listeners so that we can do journalism, which represents all views. We do not represent an advertiser or a political party's view. With that, can I also urge you to send your feedback to contact at newslaundry.com. That's contact at newslaundry.com. In the title, please write Hafta so that it is separate from the awful and awesome email. Uh, and let your critique or criticism be as ruthless as you want. You don't want to be kind to us, but keep it articulate so we know exactly what we can do to get better. If you just want to abuse us and call us you know, names, then uh, Manisha's uh, and Anand's and Hartosh's Twitter timeline is there. So uh, on that note, right. what recommendation do you have, Manisha? Uh, two pieces. Both would be of interest to journalists listening to this podcast. One is Never Tweet uh, in the New York Times and one is a New Yorker piece, Does Journalism Have a Future? Okay. Fine. Uh, although, uh, one comment, Kanchanda, I don't know if you listened to it, I saw you tweeted that does journalism have a future with a, with a jab at left liberals? I don't know if you read the piece. It kind <laughs> of implicated the right more than that, but anyway. Take the liberty of uh, actually recommending something that is about to appear, a new cover story. I, I will just say enough, it will be behind paywall for a month and then be available too. So please subscribe to read it. We had dealt with Anil Ambani and his various business interests in the defense sector just a few months back. Great cover story by Sagar Chaudhary. And we have a forthcoming cover story on Mukesh Ambani and his businesses. I would suggest everybody should nice. have a look at it. Yes. Media also? Hmm? His media businesses also? No. no, the particular business. But let's just wait for the story. It is okay. relates to Makesh. Enough to tease But you can subscribe so subscribe. that you can reward the story by putting your money where your mouth is. So that next time if that story is sponsored by Geo, it may not be all that fair. Unlikely. <laughs> we want the subscribers there. <laughs> well, I read a good story in uh, Mint today. It's about the rise of the mid Muslim middle class. It's a good story. So this is what my recommendation is. Anand? Okay, I was thinking about something that 
uh, is relevant to the discussion. Mm. So one about ancient Indian science. So Anand Raghunathan's piece in Sorajya about uh, the medical systems, ancient Indian medical system. I wish it was less dramatized and more a straight narrative. But uh, but it's an erudite piece. He has done good research. Plain narrative would have been more useful for his students. But yes. Okay. That's second second mm-hmm. is about dynastic politics, uh, the Indian dynastic politics and democracy, uh, state and elections. Uh, Professor Ch- uh, Kanchan uh, Kanchan Chandra and Simon Chanchor of New York University. This is a book on Cambridge University Press published in 2015 it studies the uh, the trajectory of dynastic politics in pre independence india and post independence and comes up with very interesting uh, statistics about the success and f- uh, failure rates of it in indian elections third would be a, a book about history again uh, early indians by tony joseph uh, he is not a trained historian but uh, i think he was a former editor of business world now, but he has uh, incorporated the latest uh, uh, studies in migration, DNA sampling, and a lot of things. Uh, it is still an evolving area of a study, but it's an interesting book, Early Indians. I think well, it's on Jagan. Ja- ja- come in on the Tony Joseph book, mm. because it's very interesting. Uh, and clear new genetic research, which... And I remember we've had discussions here at the time when Anand Rangarajan was here. Ranganathan. Ranganathan was here, yes. Mm. And at that time, I had said that the out of India theory of Indo-European roots is dead and gone. And he had said that he will be commissioning new pieces that will be appearing in News Laundry to show that I was wrong. Hmm. I think I stand vindicated today. And much of the new research is more or less finished that that is... Precisely I remember the this, point. I remember this argument. I am on fence on it. I am saying that it's an evolving area. I'm, mm. I'm mm. saying that, I mean, but it's unless an interesting we misread book. this. What I'm saying, it's an interesting and... Uh, yeah, unless we book. misread the science, mm. what happened is not clear. What didn't happen is clear. There was no out of India Indo-European migration. That much is conclusively So said. maybe some people on our science desk and those uh, subscribers listening to this can write a piece on it. My actually recommendation was going to be something else, but since we are talking about science and and I remember this conversation that uh, Hartosh is talking about, I've just started a week before last reading this book called Leonardo da Vinci by Walter Isaacson. Uh, last year it had got rave reviews. So he was on Christian Amanpour's show and, you know, it, it got like the biggest reviews. Everyone's laughing at me because I forgot her name. So, <laughs> why I highly recommend this book is A, because it will build your arms. Because A, I'm guessing this must have been the author's insistence. It is on glossy paper. So a book that is, I think, almost two or 3,000 pages, I mean, it's very thick, should be on thin paper. So when you're sitting in bed and reading it, your arms get tired before your eyes are tired. So bad book design, guys. But what is fascinating about this book is the life of this man who possibly some say is the greatest genius to have lived on earth, greater than Einstein. There are many people, including the former co-panelist, who would trash humanities and say... I mean, there was this kind of childish cockiness that scientists are smarter than humanities. In fact, if you read that book, you realize how important arts and humanities are for even science to to start. And, And... Leonardo, whose greatest accomplishment are actually scientific and engineering rather than artistic, is a perfect example 
of how without an evolved sense of the humanities and arts, uh, your science is going to be pretty shit. You'd, you'd just be an operator. On that note, I will say goodbye to everyone. Thank you, Hartosh, for joining us. Thank Do you. check out the cover story. Subscribe to Caravan. Subscribe to News Laundry. Or subscribe to Swaraj, depending on who you want to support. But unless you support new media, don't expect anyone to serve you. They'll only serve the advertiser. Thank you, panel. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Life don't let up for us All they talk about is what is going down And what's been messed up for us When I look around I see blue skies I see butterflies for us Listen to the sound And lose it in sweet music and dance with me Cause there is beauty in the world So much beauty in the world Always beauty in the world So much beauty in the world All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.